Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2105. Today on Cars Yeah, we're celebrating the 48th annual Forest Grove Concours that takes place on July 17th on the beautiful campus of Pacific University. This show is a rich tradition that started back in 1973. You'll enjoy hundreds of vehicles in a spectacular setting. And to learn more, to get your tickets, go to forestgroveconcours.org. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today I'm in Oregon, of all places, just a little south of where I live with a very special friend and guest, Alan Stevens. Alan, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have any gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? Yep, I'm ready. Very cool. I should say, are you ready to uh, shine, polish, and wax your car? Because today we're going to be talking about a very special concour, which means getting cars prepped and ready. But before we do... What's one little thing that maybe people don't know about you, Alan? Yeah, I think uh, one you know one uh, interesting fact is that uh, I used to work in photography and and used to take a lot of photos in a previous role in a previous job and and now I work in high tech but I do like to uh, get out there with a camera once in a while. See, I've known you all these years and I didn't know that. So that's <laughs> that's why I asked that question. You know, photography is something that I've done for years and years and years. And I will say, and I want to ask you this question because I recently sold all my more high-end gear, which was getting kind of old. And I wanted to go to a maybe this new Sony mirrorless or Nikon mm-hmm. is what I always shoot, shot or Canon. But I did it my first car show since covid earlier this year, the La Jolla Concours, went back to my hometown and I just carried my cell phone. I have an Apple Mm -hmm. new one and did what I wanted to do. I'm not a professional photographer, but it kind of freed me up from Mm -hmm. all the gear I used to carry. Have you experienced some of that? Are you still carrying the the big format type cameras? No, I've experienced the same thing. I used to go to every car show with a Digital DSLR, SLR, yeah, yeah, yep, and a iPhone, and I found myself taking duplicate photos on both cameras. And finally, the iPhone camera is now so good, I just use the iPhone probably ninety percent of the time. It was interesting to me, and the other thing that I did because when I would come back from car shows, I would go through the photos, and I wouldn't even remember that I had stood in front of that car and shot it because I was so focused on the photography mm-hmm. that I didn't stop and enjoy the car and it also kind of shielded me from people sometimes mm-hmm. versus interacting which is the fun part of a, a car show so if, if mm-hmm. you experienced some of that 100%. I, I found myself so focused on trying to get the photo and the right angle, I didn't have a chance to really absorb the car and like look in the interior and really look at it and and so now I find myself making a point to really enjoy the show more and, and look at the cars. Well, exactly. And uh, this year, Pebble Beach, when I go down there for Car Week, will be the first time I've gone without a big camera around my neck. And I'm really kind of curious how the experience is different. But that's a little tip that uh, Al and I will give you guys for mm-hmm. car shows. If you've always felt you needed to carry a big camera, maybe now's the time to try something different and enjoy more of the show. And more importantly, talk to the owners and spend time with them, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. That's you know, I think owners are always willing to chat about their cars. So. 
Yeah, you can learn a lot. Alan Stevens is on the steering committee of the 2022 Forest Grove Concours, the Elegance. It takes place on the beautiful Pacific University campus located near Portland, Oregon. A lifelong automobile enthusiast, Alan caught the car bug as a child riding in his father's Jaguar to local racing events and car shows. Alan is a past president of Mercedes-Benz Club of America, Portland section, and is a certified Concorde judge. His car collecting focus is on German automobiles, and he's owned a diverse selection of Mercedes-Benz cars, including a 250 SL 5-speed, a 450 SEL 6.9, the beast, and a 500D. Ooh, I love those cars. His current ride is a 1972 Mercedes 350 SL and a 98 SL 500. Oh, another nice one. He's a graduate of Oregon State University. His professional career has spanned from marketing to human re- resources and as we learn photography. And today, Alan works in human resources at Intel, that little company in Hillsboro, Oregon. We'll be back in just a moment, but first a word from our sponsor. So give them a little listen and we'll be right back. You know, I've been an advocate for Covercraft products to protect my vehicles for decades. But did you know that they also offer you top quality products for your boats and watercraft? Covercraft puts their quality design, manufacturing, and fabrics into their full cover bimini tops, T-tops, boat lift covers, outboard motor covers, personal watercraft, and accessories. Protect your marine toys from damaging UV ray, and you'll get the same high-quality fit and finish you've come to know for your road vehicles for your watercraft. And I've got a great offer for you as well. As usual, use the code YA21 at Covercraft.com, and you'll get 10% off your Covercraft order. That's right, 10% off. And you get some free shipping, too. Simply use the code YEAH21 at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you on the road and even on the water. Visit Covercraft.com today. I was talking with a buddy of mine the other day and he asked me about American Collectors Insurance. He said, while I listen to you on Cars Yeah, you're always talking about agreed value collector car insurance. Well, I insure all my cars on my regular auto insurance policy and I've done it for years. Why use a different company for my collector cars? I get a multi-car discount. Isn't that good enough? I suggested he call his carrier and ask how much he would get if his collector car was totaled or stolen. He called back and said, boy, that was a scary conversation. Their value of my car wasn't even close to what it's really worth. Thank you for the education, Mark. So don't just hope for a fair claim settlement. Be certain and know exactly what you receive with an agreed value policy. American Collectors Insurance has been protecting enthusiasts since 1976. Give them a call today for your personal agreed value quote at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of Mark Green's at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance, classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors, automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. That's American Collectors Insurance. So, Alan, uh, let's talk more about Forest Grove Concours because this is an event that's been around for a long, long time. I've attended many of the events down there, and I'll give my impression first. It's a very casual, fun, laid-back Concours. Of course, there's judging and so forth, but it has a whole different vibe, and I wanted to get your impression on this. I'm not... I think I know why, because the campus setting and all the beautiful trees and uh, the way it's set around these old historic buildings, as historic as they can be in the United States as compared to Europe. So why do you think the Forest Grove Concours is such a relaxed, fun event? 
Well, we've been doing this for 48 years now. And so we've uh, established a really, I think, a strong base of, of uh, owners here in Oregon and Southwest Washington that come to the event every year. And they will bring their car or they'll come with a friend who's bringing a car. And it's really more of a hobbyist type show where you have people who are not only owners and enthusiasts, but they're also restorers. So people who own and restore the cars themselves, you'll find a lot of people who have had, you know, very interesting cars who, you know, may have shown at larger shows around the country, but then they bring them to Forest Grove. Or you'll have people that have, you know, maybe they have a car that their father owned that has been passed down to them. So you have sort of these generational car enthusiasts, and it creates a very laid back, casual atmosphere where people can really enjoy the cars. They can get reunited with old uh, car buddies and just have a great time. It is really fun. The other thing I enjoy about it is there's a pretty wide, diverse selection of styles and ages of cars that are at this event as well. So can you talk a little bit about the featured car, which I understand this year is Jaguar. Mm -hmm. Gee, that goes back to your youth a little bit, right? Right. What kind of cars will we be seeing there in addition to the beautiful, one of my car favorite cars, because the XKE is really what started it for me as a little boy. Yeah, so the theme of the event this year is British elegance. And so we do have featured classes for Jaguar, as you mentioned, uh, also Rolls-Royce and Bentley, and then classes for other British marks, such as Austin Healey, Triumph, etc. Um, we have some really interesting cars coming. There's a uh, an Italian-bodied Triumph called the Triumph Italia, and a very rare car, less than 500 built. We have three of them that are going to that are going to be at Forest Grove this year. You also have uh, some um, uh, a rare uh, 1936 AC owned by Jim Feldman, who uh, has shown the car at Pebble Beach previously. So you'll see some very very rare cars, but you also see uh, more common British cars such as the E Type that that you mentioned, XK120s, XK150s. Um, it's just really going to be a fun. Day. On tomorrow's Cars Yeah show, I'll be interviewing Scott Marquis about that rare Italia. So look forward to that tomorrow. Now, there's multiple events that happen starting on Friday. So kind of walk us through some of the different events leading up to the main concourse on Sunday, July 17th. Yes, Mark. The weekend starts off with a vineyard concert on Friday evening, July 15th, where we have a concert out at Elk Cove Vineyard. And so we're going to have uh, live music, great wine, and perfect evening temperatures uh, out in wine country, just south of Forest Grove, the Elk Cove Vineyard. Uh, then Saturday, July 16th, is our annual driving tour called the Vineyard Tour. And uh, it's uh, for 50 cars that will be in the concourse on Sunday. Cars will form up in Forest Grove on Saturday morning and tour down to uh, a private car collection that we're going to visit. And then we'll complete the tour heading down to Evergreen Air and Space Museum for our lunch. And so that's going to be a really nice day. And then in the evening on Saturday night, we have the Evening of Elegance dinner at Pumpkin Ridge Golf Course. And so this is uh, a really a laid back dinner where uh, we have a few of the classic cars uh, that will be at Sunday's show will be parked out front. We'll have uh, a casual dinner. Uh, and then the main event is Sunday, uh, July 17th, out at Pacific University, which is the Concorde d'Elegance. It runs uh, from 8.30 a.m. to 4 p.m., and uh, it's going to be a really nice day. 
Those are cool events too. The idea of uh, live music out at a vineyard. That sounds mm -hmm. awfully nice. And the tour mm -hmm. and then that museum you're going to. I've been there. That's a spectacular museum. Um, mm -hmm. So this is a, the kind of event that somebody that is coming in, driving in, flying in, uh, really should plan on spending a couple days versus just Sunday. And there's mm -hmm. so much to do in the area as well. It's beautiful in this time of year. July should be very nice. Hopefully the uh, the rains will all end. Mm -hmm. uh, this has been kind of an odd spring for us. I think for you guys too, a bit yep. cooler than normal, but that's okay because what the rest of the country is dealing with with hot streaks, uh, I'll, I'll mm -hmm. take cool over melting hot any time of the, of the day. Well, this sounds like another wonderful event. And uh, definitely, as I've told the listeners here, I've been to your event many times and it's, it's so delightful. And again, just the atmosphere is so wonderful that it's really worth going to for sure. Now, you've been involved with this event for how many years? Well, the my father was one of the original uh, founders of the event back in 1973. And so when I first started coming to the event, I was in, el in elementary school. Uh, now I'm over 50 years old. So I've been going to it just for almost, I've been to almost all of the uh, 47 concours that we've had previously. Uh, and so it's really been a part of my life growing up. And I've really gotten to know uh, a lot of the car owners and I've uh, come to appreciate classic automobiles. And so for me, it's just been a journey and a learning experience. Uh, it's almost like getting a master's degree degree in cars. I was going to say, yeah, you, yeah. you're probably the, the one with the most years at this event of anybody. Incredible. Right. Yeah. I mean, having gone since you're a little kid, that's pretty cool. So quite an, an evolution uh, of your mm -hmm. life for sure. Now, I know this year is focused on British cars, but you tend to have a propensity to German cars. And we're going to get into that in a minute. But before we do, I want to ask about what I like to call a driving inspiration, a key mentor in your life, somebody that's maybe been inspiring or has helped you or been very influential uh, in your life, either around your professional career or vehicles. Yeah. So, I mean, I have to say uh, my father was probably the biggest inspiration. He sort of set me on my journey in being an automobile enthusiast. Uh, I have fond memories of riding in, you know, one of his Jaguars with, you know, the smell of the leather interior and the smell of the exhaust and going out to different car events here in Oregon or going out to the racetrack. And, and so th that you know, really burned in my memory uh, those great times that we had together. And then, um, you know, he taught me a lot about uh, uh, automobile restoration and authenticity and what to look for in a classic car. Is it original? Uh, and so just, um, you know, he really, really taught me a lot about cars and really lit that fire in me to get involved in classic automobiles as part of my life. You know, I started taking my son to automobile shows when he was about well, actually, he was four the first time he went to a vintage mm -hmm. race with me. But I've taken him to Car Week. I think he's up to 18 times now. He's only 28, so he's been to a lot of these things. And I wanted to ask you this question because one of the things that he has said to this day is how much going to car shows has helped him even in his professional career. Because as we mentioned earlier, car owners love to talk about their cars. And if you take a kid to a car show and you kind of nudge him forward and say, go up and ask that man about his Ferrari. Mm -hmm. Kids learn how to communicate with people and how to be good listeners, and they learn a lot, and it can spark something. Is that something that you discovered in your life? I mean, having a dad that was a car guy obviously influenced you, but going to mm -hmm. car shows as a kid, and I'm, I'm glad to say I'm seeing more and more children at car shows. It used to be that you hardly ever saw kids at car mm -hmm. shows. Would you say that was a, a formidable life of forming your career? Because working in human resources, you've got to know how to communicate with people and help people and talk to people. Has mm -hmm. that been your experience? 
Yeah. I mean, my experience is that talking to car owners and interacting with people, building those relationships, I really learned early that cars can come and go, but it's the relationships that stay. And uh, um, I've you know, had I've been fortunate enough to to be around um, just some really really great people in the in the car hobby and and people who become lifelong friends. And so, you know, I would encourage anyone who goes to a car show, you know, take five minutes and talk to the owner. Uh, they're 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 going to want to talk about their car. Uh, you might learn something. You might gain a friend. Um, and really, at the end of the day, it's the people that make this hobby go around. Oh, so. Yeah. Definitely the fact for sure. I've I've had so many great experiences and become friends with so many wonderful people through car shows and Mm -hmm. uh, it continues to this day. We'll take a short break. I think our sponsor's here and we come back, talk a little bit about some challenges, but I want to get into your fascination with German cars in particular. Mercedes-Benz seems to be your forte. So we'll be back in just a moment. You listeners know I've been into car care my entire life. I am so excited to team up with AutoGeek in 2022. AutoGeek.net has been a leading source of auto detailing products, accessories, and expert knowledge for more than 20 years. What started in 1997 as a mail order catalog company has grown into a multi-website based e-commerce store that they are today. With a large online presence on its own website featuring close to 100 different brands, AutoGeek has grown to be the largest car care retailer in the country. AutoGeek's wholesale program serves accounts in over 30 countries and its retail sector ships worldwide. Go to AutoGeek.net for the best product selection on the internet today and their stellar technical support. AutoGeek.net. It's where I go for all my detailing needs. That's AutoGeek.net. Cars yeah has teamed up with TechForce Foundation, one of our charities of choice, to help young people who love cars, problem solving, and working with their hands pursue careers as professional technicians. From auto, collision, and restoration techs to motorcycle boats, race cars, and aviation, TechForce covers the gamut of technician opportunities. Technical education and the skills trades matter, and we need qualified skilled technicians to keep our vehicles rolling. Learn how you can help to power the technical workforce at techforce.org today. Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market Driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual, informed, reasoned opinion based on first-hand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion and mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions. Ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. And be sure to use the code CARSYEAH when you subscribe and they'll give you $10 off. Boom! Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. So, Alan, uh, let's talk about challenges first, because I always like to ask this question more so about how somebody dealt with a challenge, but what it taught them so they can move forward in a positive way. Now, we've experienced the last few years when it comes to car events, the massive challenge of not being able to have events, uh, Mm -hmm. dealing with COVID and so forth. Maybe that's your challenge question answer, but uh, walk us through a time that uh, taught you a valuable lesson and what that was. 
Yeah. So during during COVID and uh, when COVID started in um, 2020 and also in 2021, we could not hold our Forest Grove Concours event. Um, and so we, we had to, to, to go on hiatus uh, in 2020. And then in 2021, we decided, hey, let's let's get creative. And we did a sort of a mini car show uh, on the streets of downtown Forest Grove called Concours on Main Street. And we didn't have any judging. We didn't have any, it wasn't uh, very, you know, there wasn't a lot of structure to it. It was just more of more of a kind of a giant cars and coffee. And what I learned from that is people just really like getting together and having camaraderie around cars. And the fact that we couldn't have our normal concours and couldn't have judging and, you know, didn't have the normal infrastructure that, that we have was not a big deal. I think it was very gratifying to, to just to see people having fun after a year of not being able to get together um, and just being out on the street and, and, saying hi to one another. And, yeah. and uh, it was just great to see that. And it just taught me that, you know, you don't have to have a complex car show with a ton of, you know, advertising and judging and, and all of that. Just, you know, having a normal cars and coffee really is, is sometimes more satisfying. Well, certainly the uh, surge of cars and coffees events uh, got pushed even further into the forefront, I think, during that time period when people could finally start getting out, but maybe they weren't traveling yet because of all the restrictions there. Um, and you just hear about them all over the the world, really, uh, get-togethers like this. And, and some of them it become huge, almost too big, and they've had to find venues. But I think it's a great thing. And again, it goes back to just people being with like-minded people and exposing their vehicles and driving them and enjoying them. I had a Rafi Manazian on my show a week and a half ago, and he said something interesting about COVID and the car resurgence of collector cars now in the marketplace and so forth. And he said, you know, these cars, it goes back to cars allowed us freedom, when they first came to being and when we're 16, we get our first car, we go for a drive in freedom. But during COVID, we could still get in our cars and go for a drive and feel safe and come back home to the safety of our home. And so I think that's why cars continue to be so important, especially to us collectors during that time, right? Yes, correct. I think people were able to get out and still enjoy their automobiles during COVID. I know I was able to, I enjoyed, you know, I was kind of cooped up in my house uh, doing uh, work remotely. Uh, and find, you know, at the end of the day, I would just jump in my SL and go do a drive just because I needed to kind of clear my head. And you're right, it was a safe environment. I could uh, be out on the road and, and not bother anybody. And uh, so, yeah, I was able to, you know, have a little bit of car time uh, uh, during COVID for sure. Well, plus, the roads were uh, not busy back in those days because so many people worked at home. <laughs> Gasoline was far less expensive. Uh, that's for sure of what we're dealing with today. So there were some benefits there that came about that I don't think anybody could have seen. Let's talk about special vehicle in your life. Now, you've had some wonderful Mercedes-Benz cars. That seems to be your mark of choice. Is there one of those vehicles, could be a car you have now or a car you've had in the past that really stands out for you? And what is that vehicle? And share a story about it. Yeah, so I, um, you know, I really got into Mercedes Benz um, back in the early 2000s um, when I started sort of 
collecting, you know, my own cars. And I think it was a, uh, the antithesis of what my dad used to collect. He was really into British cars. Yes. <laughs> and a lot of those British cars would break down. And, uh, uh, and so I just, you know, uh, I have, a, I had a friend who was in a Mercedes Benz. He kind of got me into it and they're so well engineered. And so I, I started getting into those cars. And one car that I really wanted was a, a five speed variant of the W113 SL, which was sort of the the, the, the uh, late 1960s version of the Mercedes SL. And the five-speed was a very rare car. They only built about 800 of those during the, the entire production run. And I found one here in Portland, bought the car, and just enjoyed the heck out of it for a few years. Drove it a lot, did a lot of driving events. And um, later on, I ended up selling it. And I kind of kicked myself just because like, oh, it's such a special car. But um, the kind of the silver lining in the whole story is that I sold it to a, an owner who keeps it in Northern California in a very nice collection. And he said, I can have vi- uh, visiting visitation. Rights. <laughs> visitation. So I've been down to, I actually last year, I, I stopped by his uh, his house and saw the car again. And so it was just very, very nice. And so uh, um, that's one very, I think, special memory that I have with that car. Oh, for sure. And you know, as my listeners know, I just recently sold my Porsche Turbo, the Orange Crush. And thankfully, I'm going to have a similar situation. The car is going to be living about an hour north of me. I'm going to get to go visit it. And it's sitting in a beautiful garage surrounded by a whole bunch of its uh, cousins and siblings, a whole bunch of other Porsches. So it's nice when we let a car go, we finally decide it's time to move on and it goes to a really nice place, right? Yep. Exactly. That's, you know, I, it, I, I love to see that. And so I, I, I'm, I'm happy that it went to a good home and, and I can always go see it when I want to. For sure. So I'm going to be your car psychologist today. You were on the show way, way, way back in May of 2015. So I didn't ask you this question back then. It's something that I started doing uh, more recently. If you were reincarnated as a vehicle, what would Alan Stevens be? But more importantly, why? Yeah, I think, and this is a this is kind of crazy, but I I would I, I think I would be a Volkswagen Rabbit, and that okay. um, <laughs> you went somewhere interesting. <laughs> I'm still yeah, so it's sort of uh, it's a German automobile. Our family had one growing up, and I just love the simplicity of those cars, mm-hmm. and it really taught me that even though it wasn't very fast, just the, the engineering and the simplicity of it really attracted me. And yeah. um, I've always liked those cars. They live for, for, uh, forever. They're not, you know, they're not a high-end car. Uh, they're just sort of a people's car. And I, that, that's, that's, I, think, I think that's what I would be. <laughs> well, you know, I understand my first new car was a 79 Scirocco. And when I look mm-hmm. back at that car, very much like a rabbit, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just had a had a kind of an interesting DiGiorgio design body and mm-hmm. but very simple analog car. I mean, the engine was could work on it and was kind of fun. And my wife and I, our first car was a Jetta GLI. And again, very much the same from the same family of the rabbit. Uh, just a fun car. It was our first family car with our first child put in the back seat. And that car was fun to drive. And, but you know, not ostentatious or not really fast or anything, but just in those, all those cars we had, I think I had my Scirocco for 12 years. We had that uh, GLI for, I think, 13 years. Um, mm-hmm. You know, put over 100,000 miles on those vehicles and they were just nice, but you could work on them. They were simple. And I love the old Mercedes, but boy, some of them are, even the old ones are a bit complex uh, in their mm-hmm. engineering you know they, yes they're a bit over engineered but that's what made them rock solid tanks uh, mm-hmm. for sure now one of the things i like to ask about is giving back now i know that the forest grove event has raised money over the years in association with the rotary mm-hmm. club can you talk about that 
Yeah, Mark. So over the years, the Forest Grove Concord has raised hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, for two different uh, uh, causes here in Oregon. One of them is Rotary Scholarships. So we provide uh, scholarship funds to graduating high school seniors in uh, Washington County, Oregon. Uh, and then we also provide uh, funds for um, local community service programs, such as the Boy Scouts or the, the local Little League teams, things like that. And so it's really gratifying to see funds from our event go to worthy causes as well as helping uh, students with funds for college. Uh, we just had a press release go out uh, earlier uh, this month that said that we uh, awarded 13 graduating high school seniors uh, over $8,500 in, in um, scholarships. Nice. And so um, that was a really, really satisfying to see. And, and so um, we've got students from Forest Grove as well as the surrounding community who now have funds for their higher education. Awesome. Wonderful. How about a great book that you've enjoyed that you'd like to share? Yeah. So I've thought about this and I, I have a book here on my shelf that is, I think is really inspiring. And I think you may have talked about it already. And that's Miles Collier's book called The Archaeological Automobile. Yes. Miles was a guest on the show when that book was released. Uh, it's quite, quite a book. It's quite a book. It's almost like a. Um, I, I would say, you know, we, we talked about getting a master's degree in classic cars. I think this is more at the PhD level. Uh, yes. But uh, I, I really like how it talks about the ar archaeological mindset and how, when you know, when you're restoring a car, it may not be the best thing to completely strip away all the history of the car and and, and make it like it's shiny and new. But in, in, in some cases, it's best to preserve the car and preserve the evidence of the accumulated history of the car. And I, I like how he talks about the car as an artifact. Uh, so it really kind of uh, gets down to more of a, uh, uh, almost a, um, a scientific approach on how you should approach restoration. Um, also looking at over the last 100 years, how the automobile has shaped our lives and how it's you know the most important invention uh, in the 20th century. So fascinating book. It really is. And if any of you listeners uh, missed my talk with Miles, you need to go back and listen because he doesn't really do that many interviews. So to be able to hear him speak and then hear him talk about automobiles the way he does. And obviously, uh, he's got an incredible collection. There's the Revs Institute where there's just some mm -hmm. of the most mind boggling cars. But I loved his approach in this book to thinking about vehicles, and it's something that has evolved over years. And I'm sure with the Forest Grove Concours as well, having vehicles that are not restored and in in a sense over restored maybe 20 years ago where things were done completely new not even close to the way they could have done them back in the day and there's mm -hmm. something and i'm kind of guilty of this i always like cars that are as perfect as can be and as original as can be and try to kind of loosen up a little bit over the years and and realize that you know the the fun enjoyment of these vehicles is driving them but also their history and my son taught me a wonderful saying about cars when you get a rock chip or something he goes those aren't rock chips those are memory marks those remind us of the time that we were out in the car enjoying it and maybe maybe so and we have a, a car my wife's x5 is 18 years old now been a wonderful car and there's a rock chip on the drive passenger side rather large i kind of fixed it but it's there and i've always said you sure don't want me to fix that and my wife says no that's when we drove to eastern washington to see our son blake in the state finals track meet mm, and so cool. every time i see that chip i remember how wonderful that was how hard he worked that drive to go out and watching and win a medal and 
I just went, memory mark. That's a memory mark. So I always encourage my friends when they get upset about things, other than a huge dent or, you know, a bumper falling off, is to think about those little blemishes as something more important. And it's like it's like old antique furniture. Yep. Um, when they restore a fine piece of antique furniture, they don't redo everything and sand everything down. They leave those little dents and marks and things because those are all part of that uh that piece of furniture's history. So I, mm-hmm. I'm trying to kind of change my philosophy and it, it makes me not mm-hmm. be so wound up if something happens to the vehicle. That's a great approach. Yeah, we can't get so, you know, we just can't get so wound up if if, if you get a rock ship. It's all about uh, having great memories with the car. Yeah, for sure. And definitely, uh, listeners, when you go to the Forest Grove Concord, you'll see that you'll have people talk about their vehicles, history of the vehicles, drives and things like that. So let's go on the ultimate drive. I'm going to switch this up a little bit for you, Alan. Uh, for for the tour coming up that's taking place with Forest Grove Concours, I'm going to buy you any vehicle in the world that you can drive on the tour. You can take anybody you would like with you. Mm-hmm. This could be somebody also who's passed. And of mm-hmm. course, we already know where you'll be driving because you'll be in the beautiful back roads there in Oregon. Mm-hmm. So what is the ultimate tour at the Forest Grove Concours look like for you if I could provide you with any car on the planet? Well, Mark, I've put some thought into this, and I think the McLaren F1 oh, would gosh. be my choice. <laughs> I had the, the pleasure of looking at one in a private collection last year. And, you know, as you know, there's a, a, a center driving position with a yes. passenger seat on each side. And I thought, you know, it would be great to have my wife on one side, who um, I've invited on the tour with me this year. And uh, uh, we've been talking about starting a business together uh, called Curated Cars, which would be a classic car consultancy. And then, on the other side of me, I wouldn't mind having my father with me. You know, he's yeah. he he passed away in 1999. You know, if uh, if I could wave the magic wand, I'd love to have him there. Uh, talk about uh, classic cars, get some of his uh, his impressions of of our tour, and uh, I think it would be really fun. That would be cool. You know, that's a I love that. I've had a couple of people pick that car as an answer because then they could take two people. Uh, which would be kind of cool, but that McLaren F1 is it's become the new GTO uh, collector car. It it's, really has, yeah, yeah. They're really amazing, just amazing vehicles. Well, you've taken us on a, another fun ride here, and cannot wait to see you at the Forest Grove Concord. Before I let you go, though, could you share maybe a success quote, a mantra, or some words of inspiration with our listeners? Yeah, I mean, I try and, and live each day by being kind, uh, helping others and not taking myself too seriously. (laughs) Definitely. That works. And also, I'll add another uh, word of inspiration or advice. you got to go to the Forest Grove Concours. It's wonderful. You can learn more about it at their website, forestgroveconcours.org. They also have an Instagram account, which is easy to find. A reminder, it's going to take place on July 17th. Uh, Forest Grove Concours is at the campus of the Pacific University. It's just east of of, uh, Portland, Oregon. Wonderful show, rich tradition. Uh, it's definitely one of those you should put in your bucket list to get back out there in the world, enjoying car shows, enjoying people again. That's the forestgroveconcore.org. Alan, thanks for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and sharing this wonderful event with our listeners. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you at the Forest Grove Concours. Thanks, Mark. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.